In the previous recording, we learned the Mishnah of the last Mishnah in the first seventh chapter of Mikvois, and we learned the Rebbe's interpretation of that Mishnah, that when you have a needle and you place it on a step of a cave, and you want the water of the mikveh to cover that needle, you push the water back and forth until it forms a wave, a gal is called a wave, and then the needle is pure. And the Rebbe explained that gal uh, is also a metaphor for the challenges of life. As David HaMelech refers to the challenges of life as mishborecho vegalecho, your waves, the treacherous waters of the sea, when they form huge waves and... Um, you're trying to navigate through the waves, the challenging waters. Um, this is the way to Heira, how the Nishama reaches even a higher level of purification. And the Rebbe refers to in, in the footnotes, says, Look up the Gemara, Yevamas Kufchov Aleph Amadalev. If you open that Gemara, it's a fascinating story in the Gemara. And we can maybe guess what the Rebbe means by referring us to this Gemara. In that Gemara, the discussion in the Mishnah is about a woman whose husband had been shipwrecked, and they can't find the ship, they can't find the husband. The question is, at what point can we assume that the husband drowned and she can get married now? She's no longer a married woman. She can marry to somebody else. And the, 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 the classical uh, ruling of the Gemara, of the Chachamim, is that it depends how big the body of water is. If it's a limited body of water, like a big pond, like Cayuga Lake or something, <clears throat> then we can assume that he's dead. If we haven't seen him come up, he for sure died, because if he came up uh, onto the shore and survived the ordeal, we would have seen him, because you can see from one end to the other side. And since you didn't see him come up, inevitably, uh, uh, we can assume uh, that he, he had died, he drowned, and she can get married. What if the ship was shipwrecked in an ocean where from horizon to horizon there's water? You can never know what happened to him. What, he, what if he held on to a board or something? Maybe he was picked up by another ship far away. Maybe he was able to swim. And the fact that we didn't hear from him is because he ended up on an, a completely different country on the other side of the ocean. Now, nowadays, it's an interesting question. In the time of the Gemara, if you didn't hear from someone for months and months on end, it was not an indication that he died. Could be he swam up to some other continent or some other country, and the communication between different countries was very poor. So maybe he's somewhere there stuck. Someone can take years for people to travel back to their original uh, country, their original place. So therefore... We cannot assume that he's dead. There's a shaila in modern rabbinical uh, chuvas hal- uh, halachic uh, writings, whether nowadays that we have telephones, we have fax, and we have email, it's so much easier to communicate from Australia instantly. Is th- does this assumption exist even today? Right. In other words, that that this lack of assumption that he died exists today because if he did swim up anywhere, wouldn't he have emailed or text or, or done something, telephoned uh, um, in a way that we can do today. And, and the fact that he didn't must mean that he died. 
So this is a very interesting question, and rabbis disagree and argue over this, as, which is quite common. But the, the basic rule in the Gemara is, if it's Maim Shiyeshle himself, water that has an end, that means that you can see the other end of it, like a pond or a lake, even a large lake, but you can see the other end of it, then if he was shipwrecked in such a body of water, <coughs> and you don't see him, we can't, nobody has seen him, we, we, we assume he died, he drowned, and the woman can get married. If it was a Maim She'ein himself, you cannot see the end of it with your eyes. You can't see standing on one side the other end of that body of water, then you can never assume that he died. Maybe he swam up on the other side and it, it, it's, it's hard for him to come back because he's too far away. It's interesting that uh, they say from great tzaddikim, I don't know if it's the Melech of Lezhensk or other tzaddikim, that Chazal um, purposefully said that if somebody is shipwrecked in a big ocean where you can't see the other end from shore to shore, you can't see the both ends at the same time, then you, the woman should not get married because he may still live by the Chachamim paskening this in such a way they ensure the possibility for survival of the husband. Because Torah is not only giving us Psychalacha, but the Psychalacha of Torah becomes also the Balabais on nature. The way Torah paskens, that's how nature conforms, conforms to the Psak of Torah. As we've learned many times from different Midrashim and different sources. So he says, if the Chachamim were to paskin, that Maim She'ein himself, that a man who was shipwrecked in a body of water which has no end, or you can't see the end of it, we should assume that he's dead, then inevitably that would have been the case, that no one would have survived a shipwreck in an ocean. Anyway, so Chazal purposefully passing that we should not assume that he drowned in order to make sure that the possibility of survival exists because Torah ultimately will influence the, 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 the natural world. Okay, here comes the Gemara now and tells two fascinating stories. And this is what's relevant to our discussion and what the Rebbe is referring to here. Tanya, we learned in a Braisa, Omar Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel said, bisfina. I was once traveling on a ship. Rabban Gamliel, the great Rabban Gamliel, who was the dean, the leader of, of the Jewish people at the time, was the Nasi. He says, I was traveling on a ship and on the ocean. For I saw from my ship another ship, Sfina Achas, another ship, Shenishbar, that was shipwrecked. I watched in horror how that other ship was drowning, sinking in the ocean. I was extremely pained by what I saw, especially because of Talmud Chacham Shabbat. There was a Talmud Chacham, I knew there was a Talmud Chacham, a scholar in that ship. Which scholar? Who was it? Rabbi Akiva. It was Rabbi Akiva. I knew Rabbi Akiva was on the other ship. So I feared for his life. When I, my ship, ended up getting to the harbor, I saw him one day, he showed up, Rabbi Kiva, and said, join my yeshiva again, and was arguing and debating in halacha like all the students. I said to Rabbi Kiva, 
Beni, my son, mi helcho, who saved you? Who brought, took you out of the water? How did you survive? So he answered to him, Omali, he said to me, Gamliel is speaking, Rabbi Kiva said to me, Daf shall svinen is damanli. Aboard of my ship came my way when I was in the water about to drown. I saw a board and I held on to it. And I started floating on the water. You see the word gal, every wave from the ocean that came over me, that threatened to drown me. I bent about my head down under the wave until it passed. And that's how I survived. Okay? When Gabriel heard this, well, first the Gemara says like this, Mikan, from this story, the rabbis, the sages concluded an important lesson. You see here, this is what the Rebbe is referring to that the waves are compared to evil, the evil challenges of life that try to drown us. And how did the sages put it? When wicked people come upon a person and try to destroy him physically or spiritually, influence him and destroy his spiritual life, or physically, the best thing to do is not to fight them. Just bow your head and ignore them. Let them pass, because they're not going to last forever. They're just a temporary challenge. Just don't fight them, don't confront them, just ignore them. Bow your head and let them go right over you. Omarti, then Rabbi Gamliel said, when I heard the story of Rabbi Akiva, I said, at that moment, how great are the words of the sages. Sha'amru, who taught us that if a man drowns, falls into water that has an end, or we can see the end, the wife of that man is permitted to get married. Water that does not have an end, you can't see the other side of the water, the other end of the water, Asura, his wife will be forbidden to get married because we don't know if he survived or not. We can see that from Rabbi Kiva's example, he fell into the ocean and he survived. So look at how right the rabbis were not to jump to conclusions. That's one story. Then the Gemara records another story. Now, first of all, the Rebbe cites this Gemara to show that the waves of the ocean are a metaphor in this Gemara to evil, when evil is trying to challenge us whether it's physically or spiritually, and trying to destroy us, what is the reaction? We should just bend our heads and wait for it to pass, and not to surrender to it, but to just ignore it. Now comes another story, which is fascinating. Tanya, this time it was Rabbi Kiva speaking. The same Rabbi Kiva who was previously, in the previous story, the subject of this miracle of survival, now Rabbi Kiva is telling a story about somebody else in a similar way. There was once, I was walking, traveling in a, in a ship, also in the ocean. I saw another ship. It was sort of 
uh, uh, wobbling in the ocean. So in other words, he was in danger of drowning. But you see, mitztayer, I was very pained al Talmud Chacham over a scholar, Talmud Chacham Shabbo, a scholar who was there, Umani Reb Meir. It was Reb Meir was in the other ship, and Reb Akiva was very pained by the fact that Rabbi Meir was in the other ship, and that who knows he was in imminent danger. When I arrived at the harbor of the city called Kaputkia, whatever that city is, he arrived, Rabbi Meir himself, in flesh and blood, arrived, and he deliberated, debated, and deliberated in halacha before me. He came and studied with him, with me. I said to him, Bini, my son, how did you survive? Who brought you out of the water? So he said, no, well, he said like this, indeed, I did fall into the water. That ship was shipwrecked. Gal Tardani. What happened to me, he didn't find the board of the ship and float it, like Rabbi Kiva did in his, in his youth. Now Rabbi Kiva was older, and his student was facing uh, the treacherous waters of the ocean. But what happened to him, he says, no board, nothing. Gal Tardani Lechaveroi. I rode the waves. I, when a wave came, I rode with the wave, and the wave pushed me to the next wave. And the next wave, I rode the wave, and it threw me to the next wave. Till the wave itself, just the last wave, threw me onto the side, onto the, onto the, onto the harbor. And that's how I survived. So Rabbi Kiva says, I, I said to myself in those days, at that moment, when I heard that story, how great are the words of the sages. They said, Waters that have an end, the wife is permitted to get married. If a man drowns in water that has no end, his wife is forbidden to get married because we don't know if he died or not. Here we see Rabbi Meir survived. Now the Ben Yehoyoda, the Ben Yishchai asked a good question. Why did Rabbi Kiva say, now I know how great the sages are? He himself experienced the same story himself. So he knew already from his own experience that you can never tell whether a person drowns when they, when, they, when they fall into the ocean. He himself saw it on his own, in his own, his own experience. Why did he say only when he saw Rabbi Meir surviving, oh, now you can see how great the sages are, that they knew you can never make assumptions. So he says like this, the difference is like this, Rabbi Kiva, his ship was shipwrecked, but, but, but there were pieces of the ship that were floating. So it's possible to survive, but that you can survive even without anything tangible being available to hold on to. That's a real miracle. That the sages knew that, that even if there's no physical possibility right, of hope that you can hold on to anything and still survive the waves, that's, that was very surprising to Rabakiva. Even Rabakiva himself never knew that because what he knew is that he found a board. But without a board, you can also survive. 
that shows really how great the sages were, that they knew with absolute certainty that it's impossible to make a conclusion and to draw any conclusion about the fate of such a person. <clears throat> it could be that these two stories represent really two ways of dealing with the challenges. As we said before, that the waves represent the challenges of life. One is daf, you hold on to a board. That means you ignore the waves, as he said, I bent down, I let the wave pass right over me, so it wouldn't affect me, and I survived until the next wave came, then I bent down again, I let it go right over me, until it passed. And as the Gemara says, from here you learn, when challenges come, evil comes your way. Just stay low, don't let it affect you, but ignore it until it passes. Rabbi Meir is a very different story. Rabbi Meir didn't bow his head, avoiding the waves until it passes. The waves themselves became an accessory to his survival. He used the waves. The waves lifted him up, threw him to the next wave and the next wave. Every wave was another step closer to his salvation, to his survival. This is another perspective, way of looking at, at the issues. And this is what the Rebbe says in the Sikha. You can look at the challenges of life as enemies, as a threat. And we say, lay low, wait till the threat is over, and that's it. Don't bother with it. There's a whole other way of looking at it. These waves are created by Hashem. They are, in essence, our allies. They come in the form of a threat of evil and darkness. But on a deeper level, they're meant to lift us up, to give us an opportunity to grow exponentially. That's the meaning of Rabbi Rameel saying, I grew with the waves. The waves were not my enemies and my adversaries. I used the waves themselves, the challenges themselves, as a, as, as a means to, to, to survive and to thrive eventually as a result of those waves. That's a whole different way of looking at it. And that was surprising to Rabbi Kiva. That is a whole new way of living, a whole new way of looking at challenges and difficulties of life, seeing that everything is really good, everything is really meant for a godly purpose. Time.